Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. And this is Love to Tell the Story. Well, as I record these words, it's Sunday, March 22nd. And just like countless other churches across the country and all over the world, because of ongoing concerns regarding the COVID-19 virus, we've decided to suspend all of our in-person activities at East Church, and that includes our Sunday services of worship. And I gotta say, speaking as a pastor, to not get up on a Sunday morning and go to church has been kind of a strange experience for me. But here's the thing. Even though we can't physically come together right now, nonetheless, we are the church, and we continue to be the church as the Lord has called us to be. That's what we're talking about in today's message, which was recorded live and in person from the parsonage during our online service at East Church. It's based on Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9, and Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20. And it starts with the memory of another service where two or three were gathered. Some years ago, when I was still a young pastor, I was asked by a local funeral home if I might lead a graveside memorial service for an elderly widow in a nearby village. Apparently, though she'd been born and brought up in that community, she hadn't lived there for years. But after her husband had passed away, she'd recently returned home to what we know as the county, and she'd been living alone in the family homestead out in Littleton, Maine, if I recall which meant uh, after all these years, most if not all of her family was gone and she really didn't know all that many people in town. However, the funeral director was quick to let me know this was going to be a well-attended gathering because as it turned out, this woman and her husband were throughout their lives strong and tireless benefactors of a small private school where they had lived and worked together throughout their married lives. So I was told, the headmaster of the school was going to come up. There were going to be members of the board of directors for the school, even a few student alumni who had offered to speak, to share memories about this woman. And so it was looking like this service was going to be a true celebration of a life well lived and of a woman greatly loved and admired. <laughs> but then came the hurricane. Not a full-fledged hurricane, mind you, but as is typical in this part of the world, it was forecasted that we were to feel the effects of such a storm veering out into the Gulf of Maine. Well, suffice to say, on the morning of the service, the funeral director called to let me know that none of the people who were scheduled to be a part of this memorial service were going to be able to attend. But also that we were going to go ahead as this, with the service just as we would planned. And so that afternoon, the funeral director and I met at the cemetery with only one other person who had come to pay her respects. Another elderly widow who, as it happened, lived across the road from the deceased. Someone who'd known this woman from way back in the day and who had renewed their friendship since she'd come back to town. But she was the only one who came. It was kind of sad, to be sure, but okay. And at the appointed hour, I opened up my book of worship and began the service. I, speaking all those 
important words of promise and assurance and comfort that are given us in Scripture. And then it started to rain. And not just a few sprinkles, mind you, but a full-fledged shower growing stronger all the time. Now, in retrospect, given the forecast for that day, I can't fathom why none of us had brought an umbrella. But there the three of us were, standing outside in the rain and getting more and more soaked by the minute. And I'll be honest, at this point, not only am I mentally figuring all of what I could leave out of the service so to move it along, I'm also starting to read the scripture passages faster and faster as I'm going. Because folks, we're getting wet. But just as I'm about to throw in this towel, so to speak, the neighbor woman leans in close, she looks me square in the eye, and with raindrops dripping off her brow, says to me in a way that only ladies from Aroostook County can, don't you dare leave anything out of your service, Pastor. She deserves every word. You just keep going. <laughs> and that's exactly what we did. And I got to tell you, it was a sacred moment. In fact, I think maybe that was the very first time I truly understood Jesus' words that for wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. I've actually been thinking a lot about that service this week. Because, friends, if I'm being honest here, I have to confess that for me, this is a kind of a strange way of doing worship. Not that I have any problem with being online like this. It's, it's a great technological resource, albeit one I'm still trying to navigate, and I am very glad for it. And certainly not that I haven't had any prior experience with, with leading worship before very small congregations. It's just that by its very nature, Christian worship is about people being together in God's holy temple, singing and praying unto the Lord, face to face, eye to eye, one people, one faith, one church. For a lot of us, myself included, physically coming together for worship on a Sunday morning is as natural and as essential as our very breathing. But these are challenging and uncertain times in which we live. So it's not only prudent and responsible, but also, I think, faithful that we heed the call not to gather together in the midst of this current coronavirus crisis. So here we are. All of us gathering in a virtual way, and at the time, and for the time being at least, living separately from one another, living alone together, as it were. And yes, that's kind of strange. Even for those of us who are accustomed to solitude. Because to quote pastor and author Craig Geschel, who posted an article this week about his own rather difficult experience of self-quarantine after he'd been exposed to COVID-19, he said, we are not created to be alone. Being isolated for days on end is difficult. It's not what God intended for his people. All this to simply say that it's understandably hard right now for us to think of ourselves uh, as a church, a congregation, at least not in the, the traditional sense. And yet we are. Even now, even here on Facebook Live of all things, we are the church. And it's because wherever two or more are gathered, 
or because I can't let a Sunday go by without at least one translation from the message, when two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. And when two or three of you are together because of me, you can be sure that I'm there. Now, granted, we're all a bit spread out this morning, and our remote settings for worship might well be at a computer desk or with an iPad on the living room couch. And you might be not in your Sunday best. In fact, you might be in your PJs and, and around uh, in a blanket, and that is great. Because make no mistake, two, when two or more are gathered, and two or more are gathered this morning, and we're together because of the Lord, the Lord is most certainly with us as we are. Got to say to you, friends, that over the past few days, I have been heartened and encouraged by your response to all of this that we've been experiencing with the coronavirus. I mean, not only have you been more than understanding of the decisions we've been forced to make regarding our life together at the church and the activities that we hold there, but you have been stepping up to find ways of connecting with and helping one another in this time of crisis. You've been making phone calls with those who might be feeling more than a little isolated right now. You've been putting together goodie bags to drop off to those who are shut in at the appropriate social distance, of course. You've offered uh, to pick up and deliver groceries to those who shouldn't or just can't get out. And I've heard from a few of you who simply have said, let me know what I can do. I want to do something. I know that Lisa and I have been greatly appreciative of the calls, the texts, the emails, and the cards that you have been sending us this week. And also of the offers you've made, large and small, to help this congregation get through this time. It, for me, has been a glorious reminder that we are the church, a community, a family who, in the words of 2 Timothy, are called to live our lives knowing that God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. You see, whatever else life in the world hands out, it's important for us to remember that we are not a people of fear or discouragement or anxiety, but we are a people of peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding, of gentleness that shows forth to all, and of thanksgiving for everything we've been given, because the Lord is near. Our very hearts and minds guarded throughout this and every crisis in Christ Jesus. Now, we might not be able to be with each other face-to-face -face and in person, but that does not stop us from being what we're called to be as the church. And right now, folks, that is everything. In our text for this morning, Paul tells the Philippian Christians in a time of persecution to rejoice in the Lord always. In fact, he doubles down on this. He says, again, I will say rejoice. It was an important word for those Philippians, both to keep the faith and to stay focused on that in faith that they knew to be true, no matter what else was going on around them. Whatever is true, Paul says, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing and commendable, if there's any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Seems to me that's a pretty good word for us as well. By the grace and God of God in Jesus Christ, we have more than enough that is pure and lovely and excellent that will see us through the difficult days ahead. 
The trick will be for us to focus on those things rather than our fear and our uncertainty for the future. We need to be trying each day to think about what we do have right now rather than what we don't. I'm here to tell you this morning that prayer is going to help us with that. Purposely and purposefully taking regular times in these days of staying in for personal and shared meditation. And I would challenge each of us to do this every day. In fact, uh, I'll be passing along some resources to help with that this week. Our keeping connected with one another will also go a long way in keeping us focused on that which matters. As we'll seeking to be creative about how we can most be helpful to those in our midst who are the most vulnerable in this crisis. And most of all, we're going to get through as we remember always that the Lord is near. Because remember, friends, we don't just go to church. Ultimately, who we are is not about the building or the fact that we get together every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We are the church, gathered in and spiritually sent forth by and in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. If we'll just remember that, we will get through this thing as a church. And who knows? Maybe we'll learn a little bit more and be a little bit better off for the experience. Just never forget, dear friends, through it all, the God of peace will be with us. And that's why we say today and always, thanks be to God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, We Are the Church. It was recorded on March 22nd as part of our online service of worship as East Church in Concord, New Hampshire. You should know that we'll be continuing these online services for the foreseeable future. And so if we'd like to invite any of you who would like to join us via Facebook Live to come to the East Congregational United Church of Christ Facebook page on Sunday at 10 a.m. Never sure what's going to be happening at those services, but if nothing else, we'll be together in the spirit of prayer and fellowship. And right now, that is so very important. I hope you'll be with us. And with that, we're at the end of this episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening. And I thank you for your continued support of this podcast. And so until next time, please stay healthy, stay home. And may God bless you with a great day. I'll talk to you soon.